The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day is brought to you by the House of Chanel. Chanel introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare concentrated with the extraordinary anti-aging properties of the red camellia flower. Numero 1 de Chanel harnesses the powers of this uniquely resilient ingredient to address the five signs of aging and support skin's vitality. The complexion appears younger, smoother, radiant and revitalized. Numero 1 de Chanel. Beauty ahead of time. To learn more about the line, visit chanel.com. Hi everybody, it's Kat Sadler, and this is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I've spent decades in TV broadcasting and conducted hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews in the span of my career. And on this show, the conversations continue. My goal is that every episode feels entirely brand new, but also like coming home. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Go ahead, say hi, Kate. Hi. <laughs> I'm in bed with Kat. She usually like waits for me to just ramble for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And you just you just dropped that bomb. We are not at Dear Media for once. We are kind of back to our roots yeah. in my house and not just in my house, but in my bed. And really only because you can see I got rid of the two chairs in my room. So yeah. now we just have to do it in bed unless oh, we yeah, do it on the you floor. Did get rid of the chairs. Yeah. Lots of changes. A lot of changes. A lot of changes, but a very important catch up. We're in my bed. The dogs are here. We got three dogs in the room with us right now. And I just a quick disclosure to everybody because I feel like this day we've had helicopters and my kids just got home from school. There's a lot of ambient noise. So just, I guess, bear with us. But hi. Hi. How's your tea? Tea is so delicious. I'm gonna again say it's amazing that we started from margaritas. Now we're at tea. I mean, we've that should be a t-shirt. So. <laughs> <laughs> and last episode we talked, it was the tea episode. <laughs> this episode we're drinking the tea. I mean, I, should I... I feel like my name should be Teabag. <laughs> oh, maybe not. Maybe not. That could get that could get a little rough. Teabag Madry. <laughs> what does it mean when someone calls someone a teabag? Well, God. I really don't know. I really don't know. Been, Your mother doesn't know. You tell never me. Heard no, about tell me. <laughs> you I mean, totally. it's sexual, right? It is 100% a hundred percent sexual. It's a male thing. It's a male Does that thing. have to do with his balls? It's right <laughs> online with passion getting snipped. He can no longer teabag. Let's just say that, okay? Does that have to do with the position of the balls? I'm not. You know what? <laughs> honestly, I left men before I could really find that out, honestly. <laughs> wow, this is a powerful first three minutes. I feel I good about today. Yeah, I know. I feel really good about today. We're kicking it off today. with honesty. Mm. Honesty tea. Steeping mm. it deep. Steeping it deep. And just... This tea. <laughs> Here I go. <laughs> no, but Greg taught me about this tea because he loves tea. And this is rooibos. It's a red tea, which had, have you ever heard of that? Nope. I had never heard of that. -uh. You mix it with a little oat milk. And then this is a cream honey. So this is not just your run of the mill honey. It's cream honey, which is why it has that rich 
smooth taste. And we're drinking from my butterfly and flower mugs. These were a goop, a goop mug, by the a way. Goop. So just so much love, so much beauty, so much actual literal tea. Um, <laughs> we're going to get to some stuff today, kind of a little this and a little that, and probably some of which, who knows, because we never know where we're going to go. Um, <laughs> but I want to say, I, you know, I've gotten so much feedback from the Katie Couric episode and people have just been responding so well and seem to really resonate with it. And God, was it long. It was 75 minutes long, is 75 minutes long. But a lot of a lot of women in media in particular really seem to like the conversation about, you know, just the industry and the landscape and kind of Katie was super cool to let it all hang out. So I feel really happy about that. And this just in, um, we're getting some press pickup because of it. So shout out to the Daily Mail, I guess. Shout out to the Daily Mail. That's good. And dare I say, shout out to People Magazine because our episode got a little bit of a write-up too. And I will tell you, 14-year-old Kate was screaming inside to see my name mentioned with People. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but I'm just saying it was a full circle. I'm a people person, okay? I like the people. I love people. I am a people. <laughs> and people mentioning my name was really cool. If people, if actual people <laughs> missed it, <laughs> we're talking about People Magazine and their online digital online destination or whatever. Yes, the Greg episode. It's so funny to me how things get picked up. And I should, of course, know this. I've been in, you know, media for, oh, I almost said three decades. It's starting to feel like that. Two and a half decades. But it's like the headline. I'm like, that's the headline they pick? That she's in a cool new relationship? <laughs> I mean, I know I said it was cool, but it makes it sound so not cool. <laughs> and then, And then I also made a statement like, he's the perfect hybrid, fun and exciting, and and then I went on to say something else and they just used the clickbait was he's the perfect hybrid of fun and exciting. I mean, like, that's the same thing. That's not even a hybrid. Right. Like, I don't know. I just I was picking it apart because I'm a journalist, but I'm happy that they included you in that piece as well. That article. Katie texted me back. You guys, she was like, it's been a dream. It's been a dream. I, I was like, wait, a dream to be in people back? I was like, wait, what is she talking about? I'm sorry. That's not me. Like, No, it's okay. But it's like, good. You know? you know, we're at different stages of our career, Kat Sadler. Okay. I'm tripping out over People Magazine. Okay. And you're like, but the, you know, the writing in it could have been... <laughs> different places right. and, and you know what I value that aspect of our dynamic <laughs> I really do that's no accident while we're both sitting here right that was my <laughs> casting I was like we need it you, uh, you know but but this is the 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 yin to the yang and the and the balance and the teaching and yes perspective we're coming from things very very differently which is I'm sure exactly how our listeners are yeah. all over the place in age and experience and the level of their careers and their some are just starting to dream. Some have had five dreams by now. Yeah. And you know what I've learned, too, is that there really isn't an age to be assigned to that. Like, sometimes I get hung up in thinking that I should be at a certain point in a certain place in my career or financially or whatever. But a lot of people don't get success until later in life. So you could be sitting in your 40s and your 60s and your 70s and just be where I'm at with starting to dream and think things are cool. And that's the beauty of life. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad you said that because I, 
I do feel like we were in, and maybe with the evolution of social media where everyone's showing off their accomplishments, Mm -hmm. that there was this real focus on what are you doing, productivity levels, like you can't get there fast enough. And then everybody started feeling like crap about themselves. And that's not realistic. And by the way, that's not an actual reflection of what's really going on. So I'm glad to hear you say that you're giving yourself permission. It's funny you bring that up because I posted something on Instagram this morning about timing. And, and And that was from me, someone 20 years older than you. And it was about not being a slave to the tick of the clock. Mm. And that the beautiful poem from a former It Sure Is a Beautiful Day podcast guest, Morgan Harper Nichols. So yeah, I think that that theme is uh, is a popular one right now. Like everybody just, you know, everybody do it on their own time and there's no right or wrong way or schedule in which it all happens. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you, wise Go one. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. Nice and wise over here. How How is life? How are you? Because I have spent a whole heck of a lot of time talking about myself on this show lately, but but give everybody kind of a little summation of, of how you're feeling, how you're doing. We're drinking tea. You've already pointed out that, you know, a year ago we would have been sipping shots at three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> well, thank you for asking. I'm Good. I'm in a bit of a weird headspace today because I can feel change happening around us. And I might fumble over this a little bit because it's kind of hard to put into words. I have historically in my life always been able to feel change when it's coming in my perspective. It's almost like I'm watching life happen versus being in the moment. Hmm. So I'm just processing that. I can, when did that start? When did you start to go, oh, this thing's happening? For like this wave yeah. of change? Yeah. This morning. Okay. And I think, well, okay. You did have therapy today. I did have therapy today. Okay. And I did work through some things in the last couple of days. I had a pretty uncomfortable conversation with my father, who was really critical about my appearance and it just made me evaluate boundaries and where I had them. And I think it was just sometimes when things happen, you can't they can't unhappen. <laughs> it's a little messy to say it that way, but it's like when you learn something, you can't unlearn it. You make certain steps in your life and you can't go back from it. And I feel like that experience that I had with a parental figure, I can't go back from. And now my boundaries are different. So now my reality is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a bit wordy, I know. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. By the way, this we are words. That's what this show is. Use as many as you need. Okay. There's no clock. There's no, don't have to get to commercial break. So <laughs> you just take all the time you need so we can understand this. I think I know what you're saying. I think you're saying like, it's like when someone says a really terrible, terrible thing, even though they love you, and you're like, wow, you can take that back, but you already said it. Yeah. Because once that's said, it can never be unsaid. Yeah. So something happening with your dad, it, it's like, it sounds like you're saying not only can that not be undone, but now but now there's a new dynamic that you have to kind of navigate or decide what that 
is by choice or by because just now that that's done, this is the reality? I think it's, I see and We where are kind of talking in code, but keep going. We are, we are, we are, we are kind of talking code. I think it can apply to anything like friendship, parental, work relationship, romantic relationship. Sometimes you just see where people are at and I just see where somebody in my life is at. And now I'm going to pivot because of that. I'm like, I don't want to fight it. I don't want to be upset about it. There are people who are pipe people and there are people who are gallon people with love and how much they can give. And you can't expect a gallon out of a pint person. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I hear that. I hear that. I understand what you're saying. As you're explaining this, what just popped into my mind is one of the practices that I've learned through yoga and a lot of my reading, which is because I think you and I are very similar. I think we feel very deeply and I think we live very like out loud and nothing is nothing is subtle, right? Or nothing is accidental or nothing doesn't nothing's insignificant like I think I completely understand and advice that I have been given in some of my new approaches to living to to know peace and to know a more stable existence is okay because we all know we can't control mm-hmm. others and we all know we can't control all of the things around us. Mm-hmm. How we react is what we can control and even not only how we react, but this act of non-judgment and this act of just observing. Mm. Because like you, I think, you know, the the pivot, you know, it'd be interesting if an expert were here to hear is pivoting fear, is pivoting survival, is pivoting protection of self, or is pivoting self-love, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is pivoting a boundary in a so that you don't get hurt again or, you know, don't allow certain behavior again. I don't know. Yeah. No, I actually talked about that with my therapist. And what's the word? Self-love. Yeah. Self-respect. Okay. It's also, I think sometimes I have to frame it from how can I be a better person in this relationship? And sometimes being the better person is setting harder boundaries because it's not very healthy to demand something out of somebody that they can't offer. Right. Hence the pint. Right. Got it. So it's actually sometimes coming from a more what's my part in this Mm -hmm. and wanting to have control over it and like correct it in the best way I can is observing it as How can I be better versus rather than setting yourself up for disappointment? Yeah. Over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. That seems wise. How does that incident or development tie in with what you were saying about change and energy? And like, you're like, you walked into my house today, you're like, something's brewing. Mm -hmm. Something is brewing. And I was like, yeah, I kind of feel that too. And what kind of tipped you off to that is my house has changed a lot yeah. since you've been here. Yeah. Like, the kitchen's new. The couch is new. <laughs> the, the curtains are new. I was like, oh, yeah. Is that new? Is that new? Is that new? And then we're new. Yeah. Like us today versus, again, this is God so, I hope, hopeful for people and or just the beautiful thing of life is like, you know, what's that quote? Evolve or 
what, it's it's actually quite profound, but I can't think of it right now. It's basically like you either evolve or you stay the same. <laughs> surreal. Profound, profound. Not profound. Words. Damn it. Or change your behavior or stay the same. Anyway, I'll figure out what that one is. But but we both are guilty in the best of ways of changing our behavior and getting yeah. different results. And yeah. and so change, change being so cool, I suppose. But what were you yeah. feeling? What are you what are you connecting with when you say that like I feel something's brewing? Well, I think that this specific instance with my father allowed for there to be more room in other areas of my life to grow. It's kind of like cleaning out a cabinet, right? You like open your kitchen cabinets and you're like, oh my gosh, that tea, <laughs> that tea shelf is really crazy. Okay. And all of these mugs are mismatched and the seasonings are hectic. And then you're like, okay, I'm just going to take it one thing at a time. And so you go, I'm going to go through the seasonings first. And you clear out all these seasonings and suddenly going to the other shelves isn't so overwhelming because your seasoning shelf has decreased by three-fourths and there's more room. And now you don't have to worry about the tea because there's plenty of room to over overflow into the seasoning shelf. <laughs> I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down. But does that make I sense? I am. Yes, yes, yes. So one thing at a time. One thing at a time. And then it allows Chip away a little. It allows for Not the room. One big blast. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I think I think I just feel like Sometimes it's a tumbleweed effect too, where you get the momentum to organize your seasoning. I organize my feelings with my father and now I have the motivation and the peace and the encouragement internally to go and tackle other areas, other shelves. Mm. So I just feel the change that I'm feeling is like, okay, I'm gonna, mm. I've started. That's big. And maybe you started with, I mean, if I'm thinking mugs and teas and seasonings, the seasonings may have been the heaviest yeah. of all of that. Mm -hmm. Totally. And you I, knock out the heaviest, it makes way, totally. it opens up. And accidental and just yeah. saying, okay, maybe I started the seasoning because I went to reach for one thing and knocked over a bunch of stuff. And then I had to clean out that whole thing because I accidentally knocked over the seasoning, right? <laughs> I went for a conversation with my dad and it knocked over a bunch of things internally. And I had to clean that cabinet out because it was a mess. You had no other choice. So it started accidental, but I chose and I choose and I will continue to hopefully choose every day for those accidental spills to be opportunities of cleansing and fuel for the rest of my cleanse, yeah. <laughs> my cleanup, Yeah, you know? And with yeah. spring coming up, I think everybody, spring cleaning is so much deeper than just the closets and it's emotional too, yeah. you know? So I think I feel it. It is emotional too. And it's a lifetime of that. Yeah. Like spring comes every year. Mm. You know, we've said this before too. I And you, you understand this, the more that you do start to reflect or go in and start to excavate on your life a little bit. It's that it's it's not like we're going to be done 2023, right. are yeah. we? Like it's going to always be something. The yeah. teachings are always there should you choose to see them. We will continue to evolve, we will continue to transform, we will continue to become different versions of ourselves. And how freaking cool is that? Because 
maybe some people are not because they don't want to go there and they don't necessarily want to stare it down and they pass on therapy or they pass on meditation or they just don't pass on the booze, right? Yeah. And the numbing. So some people will live decades and be the same person they were when they were 25 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so the invitation and, and maybe courage to start the journey, you know, is it really is a gift. It's funny. For those of you listening, on next week's show, spiritual guide and teacher and speaker, Gabby Bernstein is on it. Sure, it is a beautiful day. And and I asked her about that a little bit because I said, a lot of people, it's just hard to get started. Not <laughs> everybody knows how or has the tools or, you know, has any kind of breakthrough or maybe isn't in enough pain or whatever the case may be. But, you know, I, I we, we get into a little bit about how do you even begin your spiritual journey and how does that look and how does that, how does that work for people? Because you hear a lot about all the do this and do that and read this and do that. And, and if you're not doing any of those things or all of those things, then it kind of just sounds like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, yeah. I, I get why people are like, oh, whatever. I got a freaking bills to pay. I got kids. I got a totally. job. I'm not making enough money. I'm like frustrated in my career. So and on the side, I'm supposed to be figuring out who I am and making yeah. peace with my father. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. But, you know, I do think, and I have heard from more and more people that God, the pandemic's been terrible, but God, if it hasn't allowed so many people to consider how they want to maybe live differently and live more fully and live more optimally, because it's like, beats the freaking alternative. Yeah, totally. I mean, when you're forced to sit still, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's like going back to that kitchen. A lot of people pre-pandemic never spent time in their emotional kitchen. They didn't even look at their cabinets or their spice drawer or their tea thing or their mugs mm -mm. because it was, they were working right. for jobs and, yeah. and trying to balance a social schedule and, and work on the things, the living room and the dining room and, you know. Mm -hmm. But pandemic comes and you're locked in the kitchen sometimes because we're not in the kitchen. You know, we weren't going out to eat. Uh, right. And you got to reach for those mugs and stuff. So... That's so true. Yeah. What did she say? You have to listen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, honestly, I can't exactly remember what she said, but it was certainly one of many interesting um, exchanges we had. You know, if you guys don't know her, I mean, she's dropping her ninth book in, I want to say, like 10 years. Like, she just churns out one after the other, you know, themes like the universe has your back or um, spirit junkie or all these things, all so very different, but very useful for people. They're finding her teachings and really being able to apply them to their lives. And she's not this type of guru who lives a life without pain or trauma or mm -hmm. challenges or all the things. And this newest book, called Happy Days, which I have not read, but we certainly talk about on the show. So I hope you guys tune in. This this latest offering was really about how her own trauma, like trauma trauma, and that word does get thrown around, I think, a little more than it ever has been. I don't know if that's good or bad, but how she got to the other side of that by really, really, really facing some old demons and some really 
suppressed pain as a result of some traumatic experiences, getting to the other side of that, which again is very much on theme with what you and I talk about on this show and have in the last year, but, and then really learning how to live a joyful life. Now, I mean, you think of her book is Happy Days. This show is called It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. That's not to say that that's, we're saying that that's the prescription, put on a smile and live life happy. And it's all so positive. And that's, you know, that's not at all what it is. But I, I think that stems from a similar mission of this show is just how do we help people? How do we help each other? How do we share stories to help people want to wake up each day and have more hope and you have a bit of a brighter outlook and and how do you get there? Well, it's not like throwing on a t-shirt and it's not like just writing one affirmation and it's not it's it's actually and I I'm paraphrasing and you'll have to listen to Gabby describe it, but it's actually about like your shit will haunt you forever if you do not deal with it. It will haunt you your whole life, whatever childhood shit or whatever. I mean, whatever it is for you, whatever unhealed, terrible, toxic marriage, what no, you know, if it's the loss of someone in your family, whatever it was, if we don't deal with those things, they they creep into our body in the form of disease. They creep into our minds and as, you know, anxiety, it I mean, it turns into alcoholism. I mean, think of all of the negative effects if, if we don't deal with our shit. I'm fascinated by that. I, I, I'm listening to another podcast right now. I highly recommend this, guys. And I am trying to get David Sinclair on the show, but there's a podcast called Lifespan. He wrote a very famous book of the same name, which was a bestseller a couple of years ago. He worked a lot with Gwyneth Paltrow. He is a PhD, but not a medical doctor. He's like a, a Harvard researcher. And his whole, the core of his work right now is really about reversing aging, but not in a vanity way, in a how do we live longer way, and in a how many of the diseases today, heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's, all of those diseases, he is learning through his research and through all of this amazing science that they're actually all a result tied in on some cellular level to aging. So it's, he's like working backwards going, if we help the cells not age, then we're helping the cells not get disease. It's like, I'm, he, if he heard me describe it that way, he'd probably be like, that's not exactly it. <laughs> but, but I'm so fascinated by it. But he speaks in this very nerdy, science-y podcast, which I am obsessed with. He talks about stress and he talks about when we are stressed and we are living in pain or if we are in like a trauma body, not only does that, we know what that does, not only does that affect your relationships, not only does that affect your work, not only does that affect all the things, areas of your life, but it's also affecting your physical body so much. Think of cancer. Think of all the things. Think of, and you're actually aging yourself. You're prematurely aging yourself when you are stressed. Period. End of story. Like, yeah. He, he goes on about how all of our ages, our biological ages, are so different than our 
years around the sun. It's just, I, I'm so turned on by this stuff. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. how old do you feel internally? <sighs> oh, do you know we can check this now? Stop. Uh, yes, we can check it. And I think right I'm now, 76. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You said that actually with a straight face. I do. I think Katie. I'm 76. How can we check it? But really? Really? But really? <laughs> now, Bitch, I, now, you I'm now I'm here. The thinking. wisdom <laughs> it comes out of a mouth. I'm 100% 76 in a crepe, all linen, beachside house, drinking the tea. And there is always fresh biscuits out. I am 76. I've already retired. There's always a fire on. I've seen it. I've done it. And sometimes I smoke cigarettes to relieve the stress. I am 100% a 76-year-old. And you are only laughing because you know it's true. I'm laughing because I'm I'm thinking of the few times we've worked out together. <laughs> 76 like, oh, yeah, trombones. That, that yes, one time 100%. we were in New York, you're like, I'll be in the back row. I'll be in the back corner. Oh, so oh yeah. And that half marathon we're going to run, not going to run it. Not going <laughs> to 76. Wow. Um, How do we check it? Well, I we need to go back. We need, we're need we going to get David Sinclair on this show oh, is what we're going to do. Um, he is not answering my DMs at the moment. But, David. But there is a way. And what he was discussing was right now to do it, apparently. It's not cheap. It's like a couple hundred dollars or something. But he says that within years, everyone will be able to do this. And it'll be like, super cheap and it'll just be part of what we do like when we go to the doctor's office like it's gonna be that readily available okay so this year you turn 25 but internally you're 103 yeah isn't that crazy or you're 13 right i'm gonna answer your question how old do i think my biological age is yes what popped into my mind was like 39 Okay. I'm 47. Why? That, that popped into my mind. I definitely feel younger than 47. Definitely. But it's interesting because I've talked about this a, a few times. I feel like my life has been in two halves. I feel like I was really unkind to my body in my teens and 20s. Um, mm-hmm. I was working really hard. I had kids young. I didn't exercise as much. And mostly I say that because I ate terribly. I didn't know any better. I didn't care. Youth was on my side. I was a fast food junkie. I didn't know what organic was or meant and certainly wasn't concerned with GMOs or anything that was harmful to eat. And then I started living very, very differently when my kids just got just old enough that I could carve out time to exercise. And then leading up to my 40th birthday, that's when I ran my first half marathon. So for the last probably 10 years, I probably have been rolling back the clock because he says that's very possible. Like how we live, it is never, ever too late. Well, I also feel like you've been doing the internal work too in the last 10 years. Yes, exactly. With trauma and all of the things, the stress, the anxiety that age you. I think you've been working on that. Yes, Yes, actively. 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 Were you doing that before? Were you have you always been in therapy and working on those so stressors and traumas? Great question. Um, the answer is no. I wasn't in therapy. I had I had put my toe in therapy a couple times, some family therapy, and I never 
got very far with it. But since I can remember, even in high school, I think my my friends, if they were here with us, would say, I was always incredibly introspective and very deep and very aware of my feelings and surroundings and 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 I always knew the currency of life. Do you know what I mean? Like I knew good versus bad, mm-hmm. you know, right mm-hmm. versus wrong. Yeah. So I think I was a bit of an, a nerd for a while. I was never a huge partier. Like I just, I was, I was just, I guess, intentional with things, like a certain wisdom there, even when I was young. And I got super, super, super turned on to self practices when you think of self-help that's mm-hmm. what it used to be called in my yeah. age when it was like guys we're talking early 90s you know there wasn't all this meta stuff out here now that we talk about or or do or pills you take or supplements or all this you know nobody was doing sound baths and you know that just wasn't a thing a big push and a huge wave of self-help I think really hit the market and Oprah had a lot to do with that yeah. I mean because Remind, remember, people weren't just on their phones reading quotes back then, right? right. So you 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 either went to a bookstore mm. or a library and got a self-help book, or you watched Oprah at four o'clock every day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, I know. And I would eat that shit up. Yeah. I loved what she was putting out. I loved what kind of content she was putting into the world. And then, you know, the Angel Network, everything was very positive. She would have on Gary Zukov. Have you heard of that guy? Yeah. Gary Zukav was like one of the, the pioneers in like thinking differently and behaving differently and loving ourselves. And so I was always ingesting that stuff. I was always reading that kind of thing and like learning. So my interest was always there from the get-go, but I don't know that I was really pra- what, practicing, practicing. What about when life was really busy mm-hmm. and you're running around and you're working all the time and you have little kids, like, did you still apply that self-help mentality? In little ways. I think, you know, the cat formations were born. It was no accident that I've just always had a very positive outlook. Uh, You know, I love, you know, it's funny, Katie Couric said in her book and on my show, she was like, I've always been told I was born on a sunny day. And I kind of, connect with that. I think mm-hmm. I was too. I then feel so fortunate. I, you know, we're all wired chemically so very different and right. who knows like how we get our personality and right. and whatnot. But I always have seen the glass half full. Well, that's a good little tip for anybody out there who's super busy and running around and can't, hasn't began to carve out the time just to say one thing to yourself that's kind or nice or positive. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, it got you to where you're at now the little seeds that you plant of curiosity or being more open or looking at things from a certain perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, your internal age is like 10 or 11. And you're the goal is 18, <laughs> bitch. We're going to be 18 <laughs> for life. <laughs> um, you know, I could take that one step further, though. I will just say this. Because, yes, I, I think you're right. And, uh, again, you know, the cheerleader in anybody like could be really annoying, but also is very, it serves you. Everybody knows if you have a positive outlook, if you have a good mindset, mindset is everything. You attract what you believe. You know, yes. if if I was a little girl sitting in Indiana 
who had never been to either coast, who didn't know a soul in Hollywood, and I had a shitty attitude, and I was like, well, I could never make it to Hollywood, then I wouldn't be here, right? Yeah. Like, you have to. Mindset is half of it, even if it's totally. not accurate. Like, I mean, the power of the mind, hello, we, we know what that is. But I will also say that I've not had this completely assessed by any therapist, but this is my own conclusion, is that, and this also ties back to my conversation with Gabby and and this idea of trauma. And if I had any trauma-like experiences, I do believe that, again, if we're in an environment, the way a human responds to that environment is very different, right? And in my family, in my household, people have roles, right? You and your brothers and sisters and your mom and dad, everybody kind of ha has a role. And my role, I don't know that it was a consciously chosen role, but my role was the cheerleader child. And if you know anything about addiction or alcoholism, at least this is the way it used to be talked about in psychotherapy and whatnot, is when there is a parent who is an addict, kids take on different roles just to like keep keep it moving. And there's the scapegoat child. There's the like rebel child. There's a comedic child sometimes typically. This has probably all changed in the last 30 years. But there's also the cheerleader child. And the cheerleader is the one responsible for keeping it all together and making sure everybody's happy and performing and being really good at everything. And like, so I definitely found myself being that. And it wasn't until I got a little older that I could look back and go, oh, yeah, that really was me. I was just always trying to keep the turbulence at bay. So did, was my, my spirit and my positive attitude a result of that? Maybe. Maybe through adversity, I was just determined to create something different or it was, felt a lot more comfortable to to be happy and to get an award or to make varsity cheerleader or to, you know, make prom corps and everybody's happy and everybody, mom's happy, dad's happy, grams and grandpa happy, everybody's happy. You know, like maybe I got some of my identity wrapped up in that as a result of kind of what was going on at home. I don't know. Yeah, I relate to that for sure. What I'm learning is that coupled with that, keeping it positive is also denial and being in a very comfortable space with denial. Mm, Did I just deep. strike a chord? That's deep. Yeah, it's partnered. It's partnered. And, and it's you, weird. I, I believe that you know that. And I believe that that, I believe you because you've also done more therapy than even I. I mean, right? Like, I mean, how long have you been at it? Yeah, if you don't time. mind sharing. Like, like three time. years. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you don't skip. No. Like you've been at it. Yeah. And we do have some similarities in our upbringing. We so, do. wow, denial. It's funny you say that because my therapist before Dr. Rick, and maybe even a couple others that I go to for a couple months and then I quit, mm. um, they used to say to me, but where do you put it? Mm. But no, but really, where did it go? Like, where'd you put it? And so, because I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I think I'm, I'm totally fine. You know, I tell them my whole life story and then I'd be like, yeah, but I'm good. And they're like, no, but really, where did that go? So I'm sure it, that's the denial piece, right? Because I have a little box somewhere it and it's all there. It's locked up and it's stuffed way down there. I think I've opened that box in the last year. Yeah. But yes, 
That's I'm sure there's denial in there. It's it's part of you don't want right to be there. mad. Where's anger in there with denial? Woo! Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. If you're in denial, you can't be so angry. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, and also, I mean, getting past the anger that you have is getting rid of the denial. And in order to let go of that anger, you have to face it. Right. What you're saying, what Gabby is saying, you need to face your shit. You have to. And you can't deny it and face it at the same time. And that means facing every single part of it, facing the parts that say you're never going to have this kind of a parent. You have to face it. You have to grieve it. You have to set it down. Mm. And it's hard. Mm. No one really wants to. It's setting down the hope for something different than what really is. And then to tie it back to why I think I'm feeling this way, it's because you get back in touch with reality when you face those things you've been denying. When you say, yeah, okay, I have to accept it. Your whole, you get grounded again. You assess everything else in your life. And then you can also assess the possibilities to come, which go back to you and your positive thinking and born on a sunny day. We all have, hopefully, depending on where we are with our mental health, the choice to see opportunity in the shit. And that's where I am. That's where you are. And it's not always where I am, but it's where I strive to be again and again. Seeing that spill in the spice drawer is an opportunity to clean up and be better and do better mm-hmm. and expect better and have higher standards for myself and those around me. That's really beautiful. And I really think you just hit the nail on the head when you said, and I could not agree more, I have been consuming a lot of the Pima Chodron Buddhist teachings and they have Certainly, that's been my quote unquote church. and and there there is the point to be made that when you finally understand and come to terms with the fact that suffering, suffering is just period, end of story, a part of life. Pain is intended to teach us. When you let go of, and this is a controversial bit of thinking, when you let go of hope, and I know that sounds backwards, but when when you abandon hope, therein lies the peace. Because even when you're hoping for something different, a different outcome, a brighter future, something down the line that's not in the moment. That is suffering. Yeah. And you're missing, you're missing the opportunity, like you just said, to make peace with that shit, whatever that shit is. Mm -hmm. And so the minute you go, oh, oh, so you're telling me that life is highs and life is lows and life is seasons of hot sex and fucking being in love there right now. Or, (laughs) you know, but guess what? There's going to be another season, so don't get too comfortable. Whoever you are, wherever you are, if you're coming to this show today and you just got a huge promotion or you just had a baby and you were on cloud nine, ride that. Ride that wave. Just know that there will be, there's going to be a crash on that surfboard and you're going to sink to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And that's what life is. Yeah. 
And if you're in the crash, it can't rain forever. No. It cannot. Mm -mm. It turns into a sunny day. It really does. Everything that you've been through, you've gone through and you've survived it. Mm -hmm. And you will continue to do that. You will. And then it makes, what it does is it makes the times like what you're kind of describing right now. You have something in front of you. You have some choices to make. You get to decide for yourself how you're going to navigate this situation based on, by the way, all the other work you've done and the things you've learned along the way. And now you get to apply these things to your certain, your present situation. It's basically a repeat of that until we die. Yep. Is it not? It is. And so if you can make peace with that and just surrender and go, oh, this is what life is, then cool. Yeah, totally. And also just knowing that if you fucked up or if you messed up, if you handled something that you really wish you could handle a different way, you're going to get another opportunity because it's going to come back up again. Yes, it is. Until you handle it the way that you can let it go, it will keep circling back up. That wave will keep happening. That's right. So ride it. Write it, write it and feel it, the the grief and the pain from the thing that you just you just go around instead of through, just go through. So, we are both sitting here going, go through, take it from us. I think we're gonna rename the podcast to freetherapy.com. <laughs> <laughs> Therapy and tea. We sound like we kind of know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, geez, I hope so. The <laughs> amount of money. I've spent on therapy. Yikes. You know what? That might be our next round of merch. Just therapy. Hashtag freetherapy.com. Maybe without the hashtag. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening and sharing and love. It's all it's all good stuff. Yes. I think that's where we just wrap it up. I'll let it I'll let it be. I would like to point out that Nipsey is sleeping right next to you. He has not moved for this whole conversation. Scarlet's on the floor. Moon hasn't made a peep. You're a good omen. I think I I usually have to put the dogs on the other side of the house and get my kids involved and like, everybody quiet, quiet on set. Um, Thank you. You are welcome. Very calming here today. Good. Do you like your tea? I loved it. (laughs) Nice and strong that Greg knows what he's talking about. (laughs) And we're going to come back for some more Greg tea soon. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And a reminder, you can catch a brand new episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day every Tuesday. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a rating and leave me a review. Also, follow us on social media for all the behind the scenes action and more info. That's at I am Kat Sadler on Instagram and at ABD with Kat. Talk to you next Tuesday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.